Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Our text today is going to be taken from the reading in the Gospel of Matthew. Let's go ahead and begin this morning uh, with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we give you thanks that your light has dawned upon us in this dark world. And Lord, we thank you that you have given us the gift of life and salvation, forgiveness and mercy. We pray this day, O Lord, that as we hear your word once again, our faith would be strengthened and you would empower us to go forth uh, proclaiming your good news in this world that so desperately needs this hope. Be with us this day, Lord, and watch over us. And now, O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, When my wife Stephanie and I had just finished seminary, we were driving from St. Louis uh, to Colorado, where we're originally from, just before we made our way out here to California for our first call, which was in a place called uh, Moorpark, California. But in order to get from St. Louis to Denver, I don't know if you're aware of this, you have to cross Kansas. And I don't know if you've ever been to Kansas, but we're driving on I-70, and as you go through Kansas, one of the things you need to know about the summertime is that there's always tornadoes. Like, there's no sunshine, it's just tornadoes all the time. Uh, that's Kansas in a nutshell. And we're driving across Kansas, and I'll never forget this. We're, we're driving forward, and there's this dark storm in front of us. And it is a dark storm. I'm talking, if you've ever seen funnel clouds, it is black and green somehow at the same time, and everything is swirling and moving. And, and Steph's in another car, and I'm, I'm driving like this U-Haul van, and she calls me on the cell phone, and she says, uh, should we keep going forward, or we do, do we need to turn around? And I said, well, look, let's get to the next exit and we'll stop there and we'll figure out if we need to turn around. And she says, okay. So we get off the phone and I'm trying to figure out what we should do. So I turn on the radio and the radio says, uh, the funnel clouds are going pretty crazy right now. And uh, the tornado will probably be touching down on exit uh, 47 any minute. And it literally, I will never forget this. As they name the exit, I look and I go, hey, the next one, that's 47. Oh, wow, that's the exit where I just told my wife to get off the road on. Oh, this is great. So we pull off the road and she stops the car. And I like run out of my car. I'm like, we've got to go back. We've got to turn around. She's like, I don't think we should. I said, no. And we, we did actually do that. We ended up turning around and going back 10 miles because the next exit was 10 miles back. But it was, it was scary. We weren't sure if we should keep going into the storm or not. And if we had not heard that voice over the radio, if I had not got that information over the radio, we may have continued to go into the darkness of that storm. We may have driven into a tornado, which doesn't sound fun. Uh, but we may have done that. We needed that voice to correct our direction, to tell us to turn around. Well, today, as we come to our reading from the gospel, we find Jesus beginning his ministry, and he's sounding an awful lot like that voice on the radio saying, turn around. This is what Jesus says. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And repentance literally means to take another course of direction, to turn around from the way in which you were going. And Jesus' voice is like this voice for, for my wife and I on the radio telling us, the direction you are going is not good. You need to turn around and follow after me. Jesus is calling us to turn around, and his call for us is sort of like light in a very dark place. As Jesus preaches, his voice is like light in a dark place. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of the context of what's going on here in Matthew so we can bring ourselves up to speed. We're still very early on in this gospel, and this uh, account today marks for us the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. Up to this point, we've learned a few things about Jesus in this scripture. First, we've learned that Jesus is the promised Messiah, the one that the entire Old, uh, the Old Testament was anticipating. 
We've learned he is the virgin-born son of Mary. We've also learned that as he was baptized by John, he is the true son of God. Now, after this, Jesus is taken from his baptism into the wilderness where he is tempted by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. And Jesus overcomes all the temptations of the devil. He leaves that wilderness and he immediately begins to preach. He shows up bringing the good news that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It has arrived. And as I've said, this message is like light in a very dark place. In fact, this is how the prophet Isaiah said it would be. Listen again to these wonderful words. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region of the shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. Light and darkness. These are two very prominent themes throughout the scriptures. And darkness tends to represent that stuff that is against God or apart from God. Darkness represents sin and evil. Very often, darkness represents death. Darkness is a place where you, you are full of fear and uncertainty. You've lost a sense of control. You can't see what's going on in front of you. You can't see what's going on all around you. When you're in the darkness, when it's really dark, you can't even see your hand in front of your face. Darkness is a place of uncertainty. It's a place of fear. I'm, I'm in the play at the church right now, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, uh, which a number of people here this morning I saw. I know you're in the play, and uh, you're in the play, and uh, who else? Oh, John, were you in the play too? No, these guys are in the play, and they're very good. You should go see this today, and if somebody else has a seat, just ask them to move. The pastor told you, you said you could. Um, it's a wonderful show, but I have like one scene here, and at the end of our scene, it goes completely black. It gets completely dark, and then I have to exit the stage, and that is like the scariest moment for me in the whole thing uh, because I don't really know where I'm going. <laughs> so I'm trying to follow people in front of me, and I'm worried that I'm going to either fall off the stage into the lap of someone else, or I'm going to actually get to backstage, which is where I want to be. But the darkness, it's scary. You walk very slowly because you don't know what's going to happen next. This world, the scripture says, is full of darkness. We live in a world that is basically run in a spiritual sort of darkness. And I think we all know this. Ours is a time that is marked by fear and uncertainty. We don't know really what's going on up ahead, but the storms look, the clouds look very terrifying to us. We don't see things clearly in our world. And the prophet Isaiah in another place said it this way, that we're going to live in a time, uh, which we do, where people call evil good and good evil. And this is exactly what's happening in our world. Everything is basically turned on its head. We live in a world right now where we're told freedom equals immorality. Where the laws that God has created to order and run this world are viewed as either optional, uh, adjustable, or just flat wrong. God's design for us is now an option. The idea of love in our world has been turned completely inward so that we are called to love ourselves before we love anyone else. We're called to forgive ourselves before we forgive others. We live in a world where our rights triumph over our responsibilities. Science and technology tell us what is right and wrong. God creates things like marriage, but we've decided we can redefine it. God gives us life in the womb, but we've decided we can end it. God creates all people in his image, but we've decided that if their if they're gender or their skin color or their place of nationality or their social class is something that gets in our way and ruins our narrative, then we can oppress them or suppress them or remove them. 
And even in the midst of all of this, we're finding that we suffer and we hurt, we suffer pain and we cause pain to others. And even just in our own bodies, we're experiencing things that we know aren't right. Disease runs rampant. We suffer from all kinds of ailments. Cancers, heart disease, dementia, AIDS, uh, uh, Alzheimer's, death we know is inevitable. Even just this year, the flu. I mean, we have all these people in our church who have the flu, and we say, did you get the flu shot? And they said, yes, but I don't have that kind of flu. I mean, this thing is it's just crazy, and we live here in the dark, and it's scary. And I think the scariest part, or perhaps the part that disturbs me the most in all of this, is that as people are going through these things, so often they are left alone. Alone, suffering and hurting and sinning and weeping in the dark. And I sometimes worry that we as the church are a part of that. We have called this the sins of omission, that is, uh, sins of not doing anything, a lack of activity. And people come to the church or they come looking for a place where they can hurt or, or, excuse me, hurting and guilty and proud and sinful people come to the church or they come to a place where they might find hope and healing only to find that all too often, you know, we've closed the blinds and shut the door so they can't see the light that exists on the inside. And we just dismiss them. They have different views. They have different morals. They have uh, different ideas. And, you know, they've made their bed. We'll just let them lie in it. And because of our sins of omission, because we do nothing, the darkness spreads like a plague. We don't do anything to give people shelter from the storm. The reality is, I think all too often, we're in it ourselves. But then a voice comes into our ears from the outside. Someone turns on the light for us and for the whole world. Repent, turn around, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, Jesus cries. And he's not sort of waiting for us to come and find this light, this this new kingdom. No, this kingdom of heaven breaks into the darkness. It invades the darkness. And when the light comes, the darkness scatters. I loved John's illustration today in the children's message. I think it is such a beautiful picture of what actually happens. And when you read through the Gospels, you can actually read them like this. That as Jesus comes onto a scene, like the darkness of the cockroaches just scatter. They just spread. They go away. Jesus comes with the light and the darkness flees. Jesus comes in and he brings a message of hope and healing and mercy. He brings into this world of darkness his kingdom of light. Jesus comes into the darkness and he begins to push against it. He comes onto the scene and notice what happens here in our reading today. As soon as Jesus shows up, notice how he confronts these people who have been affected by the darkness. This is what the text says. They brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, those having seizures and paralytics, and he healed them. In other words, these people who are living in the darkness and suffering in the darkness, they're brought to Jesus. Now, now don't misunderstand me here. These diseases and these ailments that people were facing, these are not like the result of some sin they committed necessarily. Nor is it sort of an evil thing, of course, uh, to be going through this. But we do know what it's like to have these things and to suffer in the dark. Many of us know what it's like to be sick or downtrodden and and, and feeling uh, low and to be in the dark and begin to wonder, where is Christ in all of this? Has he left me here? Has he abandoned me to the dark? Does he even love me? And it's in those moments where the devil who loves to whisper in the dark tends to get into our ears. 
and says, yes, God has left you. He would never allow you to go through something like this. Perhaps he doesn't love you, or even worse, the devil will say things like this. You know, you're finally just now getting what you deserve. Sometimes in our lives, we suffer because of the sins of others. Because by no fault of our own, people have done some wicked and terrible things, and we suffer as a result of this. And there, when we're suffering in those situations, in the dark, the devil comes along and says, see, you're finally getting what you deserve. Or even when it does come to our sins, when we are guilty for things we have done, there in the dark, the devil's all too ready to whisper into our ears that God could never forgive us for what we've done. Now you've sinned too far, and there is no hope for you. But these are whispers in the dark from the devil, and it is not Jesus Christ. For the Lord Jesus comes to you even now today, again in his word. And in the hearing of this message, he ushers the kingdom of heaven into your ears and into your hearts. He turns you around and he turns the lights on and he tells you the truth. He says to you today, you belong to me. I have purchased you with my blood. You are a beloved child of God and I am rescuing you from this dominion of darkness and bringing you into my kingdom forever. And in my kingdom for you, Jesus says, there is redemption and forgiveness. There is healing and there is hope. There is light and there is life eternal. And all of it, Jesus says, is yours. I have won it for you. For you see, when Jesus invades the darkness, he does it with the light of mercy and salvation, and he, he attacks this darkness in a way that is really quite interesting to us. He doesn't just sort of dismiss it or ignore it, but he takes it. He faces it head on. He jumps completely into the depths of the darkness. When on that Good Friday, the sun went down in the middle of the day, and he died on the cross. And there in the darkness, Jesus suffered for the sins of the world, all the pain of the world, all the consequences of sin, all the wrath of God, and all the judgments of the law, all that is dark and oppressive fell upon him. He absorbed it into himself so that you will never have to face it ever. You will not have to face it eternally. The darkness will not fall on you because when he rose on Easter morning, he turned off the darkness and shed light, the light of his victory over all that is evil and false. Light drove out the darkness, death was defeated, and Jesus Christ claimed you, yes, he claimed you as his very own. And as wonderful as that would be, as wonderful as it would be to stop there, there is more to be said in this text today and more for us to think about. Because I want you to notice something about Jesus' invasion of the darkness today. As he goes into that darkness, notice what he does here. He does not go alone, but he comes preaching his message, and the next thing he does is he starts to build his church. He starts to bring others along with him, and he finds a bunch of fishermen, and he tells them, you are going to come with me, and I am going to make you fishers of men. And so then we have Peter and John, James and Andrew, and here Jesus begins to establish his church and bring this church with him on his mission. And now today, the church has spread. There are more people in the church, and you and I are a part of that church. And Jesus comes, and he finds you here today. And he says, it's time to open the blinds of the church and let the light shine out of this place. Jesus finds you. And he says, I have called you, I have saved you, I have forgiven you, I have redeemed you, and now I am bringing you with me into this dark world so that you might join me in shedding the light of the good news. 
and spreading the gospel into the world all around us. See, here's the reality. No one in this world is going to know that there is hope in this darkness. No one is going to know that the darkness is temporary and that the day is coming unless the light shines forth from our mouths as Christ's church. See, the church, we are not to be this people of of judgment and condemnation. The church is not to be a place that is closed off to the rest of the world. Rather, we are to sing light into the darkness. We are to shine as a city on a hill, to be a city of refuge, a people of mercy and healing. And everybody you know in your life, every single person you know in your life, is battling with the darkness in some way. You know you are, and you know everybody else you know is as well. And everyone you know needs the warmth of Christ's light to shine on them. Everyone you know needs you to care for them. That's why God has given you to them and given them to you so that you might shine the light of Christ in their lives. You might join them in their suffering. You might weep with them in their crying. You may uh, be with them when they hurt. You might pray for them when they need it. And you might speak the good news of Jesus Christ into their ears and strengthen them in their faith. Jesus is the light of the world. And it is a dark world. But never forget this. He is the light here for you. So that no matter what you are facing, no matter what you are going through, you are not in the darkness. You can see ahead without fear and with complete confidence. For Christ has you as his own. He has purchased you with his blood and he holds you in his hand so that he will finally bring you through this veil of tears. And you will dwell with him in his kingdom of light forever. Let's pray. Merciful Jesus, we give you thanks for the light of your mercy shining upon us. And we pray, O Lord, that we would live in this light, we would walk in this light, and we would proclaim this light into this world. Lord, we all have people on our hearts we know that are suffering and are hurting and are in need of healing and hope. Lord, help us to be agents of your hope. Help us to be uh, people who enter into their hardships and help them. Lord, give us your light and keep us faithful to you always. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.